All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host. Brock Segan with Dylan D. Berthume and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 5, Episode 20 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast, presented to you by OddShark.com. I'm your host, Brock Segan. Uh, today's episode is going to be a little bit different because for the first half, it's going to be just me and you. And in the second half, I will be joined by just Biebs Bondi. Uh, Dylan is away. This week, so just me and Biebs in the second half, but for the first half, hopefully you don't get too annoyed of my voice because it's just going to be me and you. So let's get right into it. Uh, We're going to start by talking about the most trending players in fantasy hockey as of late, last few days, last week or so. Uh, Players who have been added the most, what I think about them moving forward, uh, whether or not, um, if they're still available in your league, whether or not you should also be rushing to the wire to pick these guys up or just leave them where they are. And then in the second half, once I'm joined by Biebs, uh, we'll get kind of to some of the the usuals on this show, some staples of the Daily Faceout podcast, sell high, buy low candidates, uh, also cut bait candidates and weekend streamers. So hopefully you guys enjoy the show. Let's get right into who's trending. We're going to start off with Igor Shesterkin, uh, goaltender for 
the New York Rangers. Uh, he's 20% owned right now. I mentioned Chesterkin a few weeks back, uh, I think right before Christmas time, uh, because it seemed likely that he would get his chance soon enough, and it happened this week. Uh, he was called up after going 15-4-2 with a 193 goals against average and 932 save percentage in the AHL. Uh, just outstanding numbers. And this is nothing new for Shesterkin. His numbers over the last three years uh, are ins- were insane in the KHL. Guy had a 940 save percentage before coming to North America, and he's been solid so far in the AH- NHL as well, sorry. Uh, he had a tough start versus the Avalanche, but settled in nicely, and then has now gone 2-0 and with a 926 save percentage to start his NHL career. Uh, for whatever reason, the Rangers are electing to go away from Shesterkin. Tomorrow, they're going to go with uh, Henrik Lundqvist between the pipes on Saturday. But I still like adding Shesterkin um, because he realistically could steal the job. Uh, and the Rangers really are just scoring at will right now. Henrik Lundqvist and, and um, Alexander Gorgiev just have not been that great this year. Uh, Shesterkin has a real opportunity to steal the job. Um, and honestly, the Rangers seem to have figured things out defensively as of late. They were among the league's worst and expected goals against for the first half of the season um and now they're 12th in that category since christmas so they've managed to figure some things out like i said they're scoring a ton of goals and shesterkin's numbers um in the ahl in the khl just absolutely insane just speak to a guy that is just a really really quality netminder and if they can play at least half you know responsibly in front of him i think um given their offense as well shesterkin really has a chance to be a quality fantasy netminder um i don't think especially as of right now while they're carrying three goalies i don't think this is a guy that's gonna all of a sudden start 70 percent of the remaining games but i really think as long as he plays well 50 percent of these games aren't out of the question uh, and if he does play extremely well i think that this could be the end of alexander gorgiev at least for 2019 maybe it's the end for henrik lundquist um it remains to be seen how this is going to shake out, but right now, Shesterkin looks like the best goalie uh, in New York and, and should be added in all, in all formats, I think, uh, especially in Keeper League formats. I know I rushed to the wire and added him in my one Keeper League and my one Dynasty League uh, literally as soon as he was called up. So uh, Shesterkin is a guy worth picking up, still available in 80% of leagues. And uh, yeah, I just I mentioned him a few weeks ago. If you were able to get him in Dynasty and Keepers, uh, way to go. Uh, but let's move along now to another young netminder, Elvis Merzlikens. I never know how to pronounce his name, but we're going to go with Merzlikens. Uh, 35% owned now in Columbus. Merzlikens was honestly awful uh, before Eunice Corposalo got hurt. He was 0-4-3 with a 341 goals against average, an 889 save percentage, but has become a totally new goalie since being thrust into the starting role. Uh, he's gone 4-2-1 with a 220 goals against average and a 935 save percentage in six starts. Just outstanding numbers from the young netminder. Um, and it appears that he might start, I don't know, 95% of the games until Corpus Allo gets back. I mean, they started him on a back-to-back. Uh, Corpus Allo is sidelined for almost a month and a half. Um, so, you know, I don't know if they're going to be able to lean on Merzlikens for five straight weeks. The all-star break, the bye week will definitely help. Um, you know, he really could start 100% of the games while um, they're gone. Or, sorry, while well, Corpusalo is gone. Uh, the Blue Jackets have become uh, increasingly more leaky defensively as of late uh, in terms of expected goals against, but they remain one of the most defensively responsible teams in the NHL under um, head coach John Tortorella. Um, so Merzlikens should continue to post solid numbers, you know, as we're talking goals against average and save percentage. The one issue, though, is their offensive ineptitude is just, uh, you know, continuing. They don't look 
like a team that's going to score four goals on any given night. But uh, as long as they play well defensively, I think he can win some games. But obviously not scoring a lot in front of him is going to limit his win equity moving forward. But Merzlikens at 35% owns is a guy that's absolutely worth a look. Um, you got to keep in mind that he's done most of uh, this phenomenal play on a West Coast trip, which typically West Coast trips aren't very easy, but you're playing the likes of the Anaheim Ducks, the San Jose Sharks, the LA Kings, who really aren't offensive juggernauts this year. So um, maybe once he gets back in the Eastern Conference, uh, specifically the Metro Division, uh, starts playing some tougher opponents, we can see those numbers take a dip. So if it were me right now, I think I'd lean a little bit more towards Shesterkin than Merzlikens, but both uh, quality options moving forward. Uh, Cam Talbot. 12% 12% owned now in uh, in Calgary. Talbot had a terrible first two months, but he's cranked things up since the start of December. He is 5-2-0 and with a 193 goals against average and a league-leading 944 save percentage over that span, and the Flames are recognizing it. He started three of the last four games and four of their last six. So he's been, so he is a terrific addition or has already been a terrific addition for you, but still just 12% owned, so definitely uh, available in a lot of leagues still. Um... Unlike Merzlikens, who has seemingly no uh, competition for starts right now, David Riddick's still a pretty quality goaltender, so Talbot's not going to just take over and start, uh, you know, 100% of games moving forward. But uh, right now, they're leaning on him heavily, um, and he's just been great. The, the Flames have been one of the best teams at limiting high-danger chances against so far this year, and they possess a very capable offense to get Talbot those wins. Uh, while he's had his struggles... Um, at some points in the last couple of years. Don't forget, though, that Talbot is a guy who started 73 games and posted a 239 goals against average and 919 save percentage to go along with seven shutouts with the Edmonton Oilers in 2017. So, obviously, a capable netminder. Um, and the Flames, quality side, they have a great blue line in front of him. They're leaning on him pretty heavily right now. I think, again, Talbot's a guy that I would probably rather own than Merzlikens right now. Um, I do like Merzlikens. He will absolutely start more games, but I think Talbot has a better chance of putting up really solid numbers. I mean, he's facing 35 shots a game right now. That's just a guess, but it's a lot. He's, he's facing a lot of rubber right now, and he's turning them all aside. He's been just simply outstanding for the Flames uh, these last few weeks, um, really just since the start of December, uh, but now they've really started to kind of give him a, a heavier workload. So Talbot, an excellent option moving forward. And again, available in 88% of leagues. Let's go. Uh, stick in Alberta, I should say. Mike Smith, the Edmonton Oilers, 27% owned. Uh, let's just put it simply here. Smith was horrible for like two months. <laughs> and it started to turn things around. He's gone 3-0-1 while starting four straight for the Oilers. Um, and really, they're just looking for any answers they can get in that Koskinen's um, been terrific at times and awful at times, just like Mike Smith. Um, right now, he's 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 been great, and the Oilers have shown um, a willingness to basically just ride the hot hand uh, and allow that goalie to get them as far as they can, and then as soon as he falters, they turn it over to the other guy and see if he can get hot. Uh, and right now, Smith is. Uh, he has a 926 save percentage in those four starts, um, but honestly, he's probably the one I believe the least in right now. Um, the Oilers really have um, ratcheted things up defensively lately. Their expected goals for has really um, gone down in, in recent games, and it's helped Smith, obviously. Um, and he's done all this on the road, which is very impressive. The Oilers are you know, have been a pretty, uh, pretty bad road team so far this season. Um, but they've been great on the, on home ice. And uh, so maybe once they return home, Smith will be able to continue this. But I just, I just, uh, I don't love Smith. And then when you really factor in that they've got uh, one game this weekend, which I believe is in Calgary, uh, not the greatest matchup. 
Uh, actually, Smith and Talbot should go head-to-head. Uh, but then again, next week, they only have two games. So if you're looking to add one of these four goalies, Smith really makes the least sense, um, Just at, especially in the short term. Only two games next week. Not a lot of value you can get out of him. Um, but he's 27% owned, so still widely available. You know, um, Maybe you're in a league, a keeper league, where these uh, owners are going after younger guys and Shesterkin and Merzlikens just aren't available. I think Smith is a pretty good option right now as well. But just keep in mind, I mean, one bad performance and they're probably going uh, right back to Koskinen. Let's go to the blue line now. Shift away from the goalies for a minute. Essa Lindell. Uh, 35% owned. Lindell has turned into an absolute assist machine since the middle of December. He's got 11 assists in his last 12 games. While John Klingberg has been out of the lineup, um, he has six assists in his last three games. His 12.1 on-ice shooting percentage is bound to take some kind of hit in the near future. Uh, But this is a guy that plays absolutely massive minutes on that top pair. And he's often on the ice uh, at the same time as the top line, which is basically the only goal uh sorry line that can score for them right now um outside of that second line chop you know chipping in here and there hints is starting to turn things around again Dennis Giryanov looks really good right now but uh Lindell I just don't see this being entirely sustainable uh without any power play one exposure um that top unit is absolutely loaded up that's where they've got Pavelski that's where they've got Segan, Ben, Radulov, and Heiskanen he's never gonna um unseat Heiskin on that top power play and without that power play one exposure I just don't see this continuing I mean it's been ridiculously impressive and I'm not dropping him I would absolutely ride this hot streak but I will not hesitate to drop him immediately after it starts to come to an end uh, once John Klingberg's back it uh, it might eat into his ice time a little bit uh, they, they've really been uh, riding those two though as a top pair this year so uh, I think obviously Klingberg hasn't really figured things out Lindell's been kind of a uh, a revelation as of late, but he's a guy that I would probably drop as soon as this kind of starts to slow down, which I believe it will probably here in the near future. I mean, he had, uh, I think, 17 assists last year, and he's got 11 in his last 12. So not really uh, a huge point producer. Terrific, terrific defenseman. Absolutely love Esselindel. Uh from a real hockey perspective, but fantasy hockey, uh, not so much. But right now, not too bad. Uh, and then let's go one more here in uh, a player that's absolutely trending right now is Ilya Kovalchuk. Up Back up to 22% owned since signing with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Kovalchuk is interesting because he was so bad in LA, uh, but the Canadiens have leaned heavily on him since signing him. He originally replaced Brendan Gallagher on the first line, had three assists in two games, which isn't that surprising given how dominant that first line is with Tatar and Deneau. Um, it showed that maybe Gallagher isn't... Uh, so much the driving force behind that line. It could be a little bit more of Deneau and Tatar, and Gallagher is kind of a, a guy that's just benefited from that. Um, we really expected that line to take a step back without Gallagher. Kovalchuk seemed to fit in there just fine. Uh, but then Gallagher returned on Thursday, and Kovalchuk moved to a line with Domi and Nick Suzuki, which... Pff, what an electric line. I mean, come on. So much offense there. So there is some potential if he stays on that second line. Uh, but then again, Gallagher missed Friday's practice with headaches. He just came back one game back from a concussion. So he's going for testing to determine whether or not it's uh, concussion-related or if maybe he's coming down with some type of illness. Uh, but then if he comes back out of the lineup over the weekend, Kovalchuk will immediately be back on that top line, which makes him even uh, that much better. He's seeing uh, power play exposure uh, as well. 
it's tough to really say what's power play one, what's power play two in Montreal. They really like the the Tatar to know Jeff Petrie unit, uh, but they also lean on the Shea Weber unit, which is the one that Kovalchuk's on quite a bit as well. So kind of a PP1A, 1B situation there in Montreal, and Kovalchuk uh, has a piece of that pie. So uh, Kovalchuk is definitely interesting. I, I, you know, I'm very surprised to be saying this because um, he just looked like it was all over, um, but signed a really, you know, uh, $700,000 cheap contract to, to stay in the NHL. Wanted to do it, uh, which is surprising when you're talking about Ilya Kovalchuk because he's uh, he's left for a lot less. Um, but yeah, he's he's really turned things around here so far in Montreal, and so long as he's playing in that top six, I think he's got some value, especially if while well, Gallagher's out, if he goes back to that top line, I absolutely think Kovalchuk should be rostered um, in standard leagues. I think he can score some goals uh, so far, three assists in three games, so uh, I, I like the, the potential there. Um, but okay, that is it for trending this week. Um, that's the end of the first half, I guess. I, I will sit here and I will wait for Biebs to show up, and when he gets here... Um, we will talk about sell highs, buy lows, and cut baits before getting to weekend streamers. So enjoy the Blue Stones. Uh, it's only going to seem like a 60-second wait for you, but it'll be much longer for me. I'll see you guys back here in a Baby, be my fire. Baby, be my flame. Baby, be the softly burning embers through December Welcome back to Season 5, Episode 20 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast, presented to you by Odd Shark. I'm done waiting. Biebs is here. Yep. How's it going, Biebs? Welcome. How was your day of work? Um, it was all right. I came into Brock just absolutely Steven Glansberging this thing and just doing the thing alone. Um, hilarious. But um, yeah, no, it was good. Um, every day goes a little bit quicker when I when I know it's I'm, I'm heading to the booth to Podcast, go talk eh? about hockey. But it's Friday, and Friday's good. Um I got an alumni hockey game to play in this weekend. So Come on. Absolutely terrified. feel like I'm going to get destroyed. It's at my old university. so um, Heading up there for the weekend? Yeah, and it's supposed to freezing rain. So oh, yeah. Well, we'll, gonna... we'll wrap this podcast up and let you fire up there for it. No, I'm actually cold. going tomorrow because oh, I just, worse. yeah, I want to sleep in my bed one more night. Um, just absolutely abusing my king size. Get the get the body ready for the big game. Exactly. I need I need everything I can do. Um, I'm terrified. <laughs> Kids <laughs> now are so good. Someone's going to like... Michigan on us, on me, and I'm oh, yeah, just gonna probably. lose it. Yeah, um, or, most likely. Yeah. Just bury them. Ah, uh, alumni game. That's the just, that's the play. I just think. bury them. Yeah, Always I bury them. Yeah. All right, let's get right into uh, some buy lows here. Uh, we'll let you start since they had to listen to me talk for uh, a lot of Brock for about 20 minutes there yeah. in the first half. So we'll go to you. Who's your first buy low candidate right now? First off, how many people do you think just hit the skip, 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 skip? 15 second button on there i would like to hope not many <laughs> but probably a few for sure totally joking um but my by low someone who kind of is the same height as brock um johnny goudreau out in calgary <laughs> same height. having an absolutely terrible season this year for johnny goudreau standards um, yeah. but not for overall player standards 
12 goals, 36 points, 124 shots on net, but a um, um, minus 10 um, so far this season. This is after last year, where you ended the year at um, right where Nathan McKinnon unfortunately did at 99 points. Um, a lot of people had high expectations, thinking Goudreau would hit triple digits this year, draft him as that type of player, and a lot of those people are getting pissed off with Goudreau at this point in the year, um, if not pissed off already. I have people ask me, which is ridiculous, if they should drop him, and this was about two weeks ago. <laughs> I was like, if you're in a four-team league, no. Um, hang on to Johnny Goudreau. He's on pace for his worst season of his career, mm-hmm. but as we've seen with almost every player in almost every sport, over time, when they have consistent seasons like Johnny Goudreau, they kind of end up leveraging out. And I, that's something that I see happening by the end of this year. Um, and his worst season, he's on pace for 64 points right now. His worst was 65, I think? Yeah, okay. I believe. Um, so he's on pace for 64. It's crazy. Which is, uh, I still want that on my roster. This guy only has 12 goals, who is a high-level goal scorer, someone who uh, you could trade for now and probably give away someone you got in the seventh, eighth round mm-hmm. for someone who, who very likely can go on a hot streak and be... He's starting to heat up already. Yeah. He has 13 points in his last 14 games, so he is starting to heat up. Yeah. Just when you fire over those trades and people are looking at like the overall numbers, you can probably get away with something. Um, you know, Maybe some of our sell-high candidates later straight up. Yeah, because, absolutely. Um, on a, like in an overall... most That's what most your average fantasy player is looking at. He's like, oh, how good's this guy been all year? How good? No one's really looking as in-depth because, I mean, it's hard unless you really search into the numbers to really remember, like, oh, shit, he's been, like, electric lately because he's been – he's not any huge games. He's just been, like, you know, point here, point there. But 13 – six goals, seven assists in his last 14. So um, heating up, and maybe this is a good sign heading into 2020 that yeah. he's going to be able to continue it in a great buy-low candidate. And he's still on pace for 221 shots. Mm-hmm. We talk about it. We like anyone who goes above 200. And 221 actually plays some second in his career um, in overall shots. He's just a little off on percentage. We see it happen. Guys go down. But this is, um, like we said, it's someone who can absolutely pop off. And not that I'm ever banking on a pop-off. But even when he's not, again, career worst. That team as a whole is still trying to figure it out and starting to get going finally. And I think they're going to. And I think when they do, it's going to be scary. They're they're a lot better than they've been playing, at least offensively. Um, Their top six is struggling. but Yeah, they finally... uh... They finally put Monaghan and Goudreau back together. They they connected for a goal last night. So um, they've been tinkering with those lines. I think a lot of people were definitely getting fed up when Goudreau was playing with like Derek Ryan yeah, and Milan Lucic. Ridiculous. Um, but they've they've kind of figured it out that uh, you know this, these guys need to be back together. And so far, so good. And hopefully that continues moving forward. Uh, one of my buy low candidates is Tyler Segan. Uh, great last name on the kid. Yeah. Uh, he's been pretty yeah. underwhelming this year as well. He has just 11 goals in 44 games. Um, he was top 10 in the NHL in goals in the previous two years combined. So just to see him with 11 and 44 is ridiculous. Um, but there should be a bigger second half coming. The Stars are... are sorry. Um, the Stars are among the best teams in the NHL since the start of November. And Segan is 8th in the NHL in shots, but tied for 108th in goals <laughs> over that stretch. So that uh, as you can see, there should be some positive regression coming in his shooting percentage. Looking at his numbers, he should have around... 135 shots for the rest of the season and score about 15 goals. Um, and argue, you could make an argument that that's probably his floor because uh, even though the shot volume is still elite right now, it's actually a, uh, about half a shot lower than it has been for the last two seasons. So should we see his shot volume creep back up around four shots per game, which it was over the last two years, um, he, you know, you could end up seeing him uh, score 20 from here on out. The Stars are just a quality side. They do play a little bit more defensively, which I yep. think is um, speaks to some of the, the goal-scoring issues. But there's guys out there with a lot more than 11 goals that are going to score less 
goals in the second half than Tyler Seguin, and I think he's a, a really good buy-low candidate right now. Um, since Rick Bonus has uh, been hired, he has had Ben Seguin Radulov together almost exclusively, and that's what we like to see. Yeah. Uh, we got fed up with Jim Montgomery and all the fucking line changes he'd like to make, and now Bonus is kind of keeping them together, and that's what we like to see. Hopefully they can continue to play well, so I like Tyler Seguin. Another guy who... Um Drafted extremely early, people mm-hmm. might be extremely pissed at. Um, yes, which absolutely. Is, uh, it's a nice trend for those people who could keep their emotions together. Yeah. <laughs> um, another guy I'm going for here is someone who also probably would have went uh, second, maybe third round. It's Phil Kessel. He's currently having a, we'll, we'll just say it, a horrible year out in Arizona mm-hmm. right now. Nine goals, 18 assists for 27 points. He's a minus 18. But much like our boy Johnny Goudreau, uh, 104 shots on goal. But even for Phil, that's um, that's on pace to be uh, – career low as well Kessel hasn't scored less than 23 goals in any of the t- uh, of the last 10 complete seasons because we got to cut out that crappy lockout season because it kills all our stats yeah it's terrible but either way he was on pace to j- just destroy 23 goals that year regardless um so this may be a first he's a career 11 percent shooter and he's only shooting eight percent right now that's absolutely off for Phil why I love him is because we all know that what he's capable of, and, and, and we've all seen it year after year. He's the model of consistency mm-hmm. as much as there is the jokes about Phil, um, his, his off-season he's habits hilarious. or what he does. Um, he does perform year in and year out, and much like Goudreau, I think it's someone who is going to come around in the second half. We've seen him start to click since Taylor Hall's been traded there. Um, again, Taylor Hall is a huge addition, and mm-hmm. just adding a superstar around another superstar. Phil can do it on his own, but you know he needs, he needs a little bit of extra help out there um he has six points in his last five games so i kind of say go after him before you know before he continues to heat up here uh, overall just just not much more to say about kessel we talk about him i talk about him every year when the season starts i rate him extremely high because of just we've seen him in the last 10 years lead in the top 10 in goals we've seen him in top i believe eight in points over t- the last 10 years that's huge that's elite production phil's not a 27 over 44 game producer um no i could see him doing a lot better in the second half and someone who this guy always seems done well and he hasn't so um if they start doing even better there we go yeah he um i think he's got eight points in 11 games since hall's since, been there yeah. um the power plays just over 20 percent should continue it's finally to start to cl- click in the last five yeah. or six you'd like to see him back on a line with taylor hall uh but garland's played there played well there for now yeah, uh, but i mean it. obviously it's just not that's probably not going to be a, a season-long thing uh and then you're also going to have they're always going to be tied to the hip on the power play uh and we talked about phil um at the start of the year, basically, he's going to get as much out of this as he puts in. And we thought he was playing very well. Yeah. Um, and to me, I think he still is. I mean, he's a plus 3.4 relative Corsi. Uh, he has just a 7.9 on a uh, shooting percentage. And then, you, like you said, 8.7 shooting percentage. All career lows for him. Yeah. Um, or both like, career lows. And there's just there's got to be better days ahead. Um, it's a guy, too, where like, a lot of people are at the point where they're willing to drop him in league. So if you can, you can trade get for literally start, nothing. Yeah, I would much rather have right winger, which you're talking about, mm. terrible position. Phil Kessel plugging in my lineup, taking that risk on him, just knowing what he's capable of. And uh, he's, he's only a, 32. He's not that. No. It's not like he's over no. that 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 hump, you know. And they should have a much better second half. I mean, like they've been good. Like as a team, they've been great. Goaltending's been, been yeah. sensational, but offensively, they should continue just to keep getting better. And I think Phil Kessel, uh, he had a nice start, slowed down there, had a lull. I think he's probably back up on the upswing. I like Taylor Hall, or sorry, well, I like Taylor Hall too, uh, but I, I like Phil I Kessel like a lot Taylor as Hall. well. Um, moving forward, I think like especially like some of these guys, like obviously Tyler Segan, Johnny Goodrow, you're gonna have to change some 
fairly big name players, yeah. or at least players that are playing well. Where Phil, I think you can get for for a lot less yeah, at this uh, point. And I said forty four. It's forty six games actually that he has this twenty seven points, and that's uh, Phil's numbers are. This no. is this is a horrendous year by Phil standards. Uh, a guy horrendous who, first half, maybe second half will be better. Yeah, there we go. It's a guy who's averaged eighty seven points across the last two years. Yeah. So um, that's not something to scoff at. There's something there. He hasn't lost it. Trade for Phil. Speaking of somebody that you probably don't have to give a lot up for, um, Oliver Bjorkstrand, yeah. our boy, um, is a good buy low for me right now. This one's a little bit off the radar and different because he's hurt right now. However, like I mentioned um, last week, the Blue Jackets are better than people expected. Um, their goals for, though, has absolutely fallen off a cliff as soon as Bjorkstrand got hurt. Like, literally, uh, Sean Tierney at Charting uh, Hockey uh, does a tremendous job on Twitter. Uh, Thanks, Sean. And he literally... Like, he posted something yesterday, and it was, like, you know, um, expected goals for, and it's, like, a rolling uh, timeline, and it was going up, going up, going up. Bjork's going got hurt, and it literally looked like a fucking <laughs> roller coaster drop. Like, it was incredible uh, how f- how far their expected goals fell off a cliff. Uh, who would have thought cl- your leading shot producer would uh, Yeah, who knew, eh? Yeah. He's a clear uh, driver of offense on that team, and it's a terrific compliment to Zach Rowenski, uh, who... I just have to shout out who's been an absolute yeah, fucking what a heater. monster. Just so goddamn good. Yeah. Uh, Seth Jones and Pierre-Luc Dubois. He'll probably miss about two more weeks, but that's nothing if you get him for extremely cheap and have his shot volume for the playoffs. Since the start of November, he's averaging a whopping 3.9 shots per game, suggesting oh, he could still score 12 to 15 goals once he returns to the lineup later this month. Uh, you get the added benefit of the All-Star break, so... He'll probably miss right up to the All Star break and then be 100 percent healthy after it. So uh, if, if you know you can get him from nothing right now while he's cheat while he's hurt, sorry, uh, you'll reap the benefits once he gets back in the lineup because I think that the Blue Jackets will continue to surprise some people here in the second half. And Bjorkstrand, obviously, that shot volume is insane, and we like that on our teams oh, every yeah. day of the week. And this is someone too where a lot of people would have picked him up off the wire, so he doesn't really have much of a connection yeah, to them. People are probably going, "Hey, you want to give me something now? Yeah, I'll take it." Mm-hmm. You just, you know. shove your boy Oliver on the bench there, shove him on your IR slot, and then enjoy, reap the benefits when he comes back. Because he was, like you said, he was on an absolute tear. Oh, just an absolute heater. Um, And they love him. Like, he was playing, we were talking about it last week when I was talking about Boone Jenner. Um, Him and Bjorkstrand were averaging, like, 23 minutes a night or something. Like He was, was uh, I I was going to say, I have him in the keeper league, and at the beginning, uh, he became a must start almost within oh, yeah. five or six games of owning him. He's and, been incredible, and, and it was he's beating out guys that you know that you're drafting in the top ten round. So, um, and whenever Rand, somebody's hurt, it's like people are like just trying oh, to get rid of him. Shit like, about yeah, him, exactly. yeah, and they so. totally don't even think that they're coming back in like yeah. ten days. But. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it seems like it's so far away, but really, when you think about it, it's not. Yeah. It's a couple of weeks you can get by, and then my favorite is keeper leagues when people make like a deal and you're like, the guys come back in a month. Like it's keeper fine. league could be like ten years yeah. long. Yeah, like. Okay, okay, but what, what are we thank doing? you. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Uh, but, uh, who are you selling high on? I am going to sell high on someone who is the absolute talk of the league after last night. Three goals, two assists. Crazy. Can we say we called it Tony D'Angelo <laughs> out in New York? Currently, let me, let me say this. This is Tony D that we're talking about here. Currently fifth among all D-men in the NHL in points. Wild. 11 goals, Love 25 him. assists, 36 points, 93 shots on the year. Tony D and a positive out in New York, which is ridiculous. Um, this is someone we were talking about earlier in the year as a we – were, we were telling people the Great offensive sleeper. upside is there. Don't even look at the time of minutes that he's playing because a lot of these minutes are power play minutes. Unbelievable sleeper. Someone who wasn't being drafted whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, people were even starting to take a chance on Adam Fox a few, year, few weeks ago um, ahead of Tony D. 
he's on an absolute tear. Um, so I had to pick um, just, you know, I, I had to go with him because people right now are riding an absolute High, yeah, like and, it's and uh, and which you should. I mean, he's phenomenal. But w- one theme that I have between my two guys here is yes, they are playing at an elite level, and I don't think that they will go necessarily down too much. But I just believe they can be traded for players who are a lot better, a lot maybe safer. A lot safer would be the word. Thank you, Brock, for filling that one in. Um, as I said, we've reached out to Tony for years. Um, we were um, mad every single time they benched him last year. Absolutely, and it made no sense. He was getting sat. He, he would he would get called up, get five points in seven games, and then they just sit him. They'd absolutely they healthy scratch him. We're sitting there like, what the hell? Um, currently playing like a D man one, as I mentioned, fifth in the league in points. But if you can trade him for anyone who literally applies like, yeah, like, for a D one, just like yeah, like some of the names. Sorry to cut you yeah, off. Some of the names he's ahead of in points right now: Eric Carlson, Shea Weber, Brent Burns, Tori Krug, Zach Rowenski. Both of those guys had injuries. Chris Letang also injured, but more Ryan. Ellis also injured right now, but all more points than all those guys right now. Yeah, and these are all people that I would honestly rather have for the rest of the year. I mean, Same not man. Ellis because his melon might be a little, uh, a little squishy, a little squishy for the next little bit. But my main example that I had was um, if you can offer him up, even with a little side piece for Eric Carlson, someone like that, I'd feel a lot better. Yes, Tony D is playing phenomenal. But Tony D is not a fifth in the league scoring. No, and I mean obviously boosted up a little bit by going from thirty-one points to thirty-six yeah. last night. Also, um, eleven still, goals on ninety-three shots. That's uh, from a D man. Eleven point eight shooting percentage, yeah. which is, I think, got to be highest among defensemen in the league right now. Um, yeah. Zach Rowenski shooting a little bit higher actually. That's Ooh. the only guy higher than him right now at fourteen point three percent. But not he's got surprised. fifteen goals. Yeah, and he's just been on absolute everything he touches is hot fire. I've been just playing him in DraftKings every night. It's just like oh. Another, like he scored a hat trick the other day, and I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" It was ridiculous. Like, Why are D Man scoring hat trick is hat tricks is unreal. It, also, two in a week, it's wild. The funniest thing about Tony D putting up this ridiculous night was just David Pasternak was doing an, an, the exact same, not the exact same mm. thing, but he had a nice hattie out with Boston, and just no one said a thing yeah. because we just see it. Every well, it's his third of the day. year, I think, third or fourth. Ridiculous, of the year. It's insane. Um, he's got like thirty. What he's got thirty eight goals in forty five games or something. It's fucking. Um, it's ridiculous. You love to see it fantasy god yeah he has been just an absolute monster. yeah mostly i wanted to bring up tony d though just to flex yeah, you have to um, you can't not bring him up in a sell high opportunity i mean yeah, like they've been still only 63 percent owned across like, all yahoo leagues like yeah, this true. is a guy where i don't give a shit i'm saying yes trade him for a first round pick but if he's but available also, you should be pick able, him up yeah. yeah he should be owned in 98 percent of leagues mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter if you're a 2d man the quarterback's a top power play unit that has zabanajad and panarin on it like and they've just been lighting it and up he's a beast yeah. and he's great he's tony great offensively yeah. Never gonna bench. I tweeted out last night. Like, remember how much I benched this guy last year? Ridiculous. Never gonna happen again. Fuck you, David Quinn. Yeah. Uh, my sell high is William Nylander. Uh, this might be a little bit crazy because the Maple Leafs all they do is score yeah. and score and score some more under Sheldon Keefe. Uh, but you should be able to get a King's ransom for Nylander, especially. We always have to say this if you have a Maple Leafs fan yep. in your league, which I'm sure about fifty percent of you do. Um, he has thirty-eight points in forty-five games, which is. Uh, very good, uh, but those numbers have been juiced a little bit by a ridiculous two-week heater where he had 15 points in eight games, eight of which were goals on just 22 shots. If you're counting at home, that is a 36.4 shooting percentage. Uh, obviously, you can do that over a short amount of time, a short sample size, but it's not going to continue. Uh, he's been held pointless after that, his last three games, like I just said, uh, but he's still playing with John Tavares, which yeah. makes him a very, very appearing, appealing, Jesus, a very appealing there. target for other owners. Uh, his shot volume, though, is lacking. So I think you can definitely trade him for someone who has a more established, uh, 
goal scorer and who has more appealing shot volume. Uh, just, I like him, obviously. Um, I think he's great playing with John Tavares. He's great on the top power play unit, but there's just like, there's red flags all over with him. There's just not enough shots. The uh, on ice shooting percentage is too high. Uh, I think, obviously, he's going to continue to produce points. I just don't think that he's going to score nearly as many goals as he has in the last yeah. couple of weeks. He's on an absolute tear. Uh, it's another people, case of if you can get someone who's safer at this point. Yeah, yeah. and I think people, I think people are going to want to be getting a piece of that Leafs offense because all they have been doing is scoring goals. Oh, yeah. Um, but You're I salivating really, if you have anything there. Like, I honestly, <sighs> I think that you could probably offer Willie for, like, Tyler Seager right now and in some in some respects, people would accept that. Oh, yeah. A lot and of respects. I would much rather have Tyler... Especially a Leafs fan. Yeah, and I'd much rather have Tyler Seagan moving forward. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I don't think I'm, I'm crazy in saying that. Uh, obviously, that's not a really outlandish uh, take, but I think that there, there's leagues and owners that own Tyler Seagan that would probably accept Willie for, for Tyler right now. Yeah. And to me, that's a swap I would take. But uh, who's your second sell high? Uh, kind of falls in the same line as Tony D. Also falls in the same line as Brian Russ, but I don't want to talk about Brian Russ. I want to talk about Alex Kalorn. Out- just, I just want to say one thing about Brian Russ. Ridiculous. So I went on to build my DraftKings yeah. lineup tonight. I huh. never in my life thought I would see the day where the most, ex- I don't even care how many games are, the most expensive winger on the slate, Brian fucking wow. Russ. Good for you, Russ. $7,000 on DraftKings tonight. The most expensive winger on the slate. I, I was dying laughing. I'm like, oh my God. And like, I love him. I've played him a ton when he was like cheaper. I just don't know how you, like as good as he's been, I don't know how I could ever pay seven grand for, for uh, Brian Russ. It just made me laugh. You know that meme of that guy flickering his eyes? I'm just doing that yeah. right now, like ridiculously, because it's... Uh, it's crazy. He's been, on, he's been incredible. Though. He's been he really on a tear, been. and... Yeah, he's a sell high. Um, that's all I'm saying about Brian Russ, but he's also not because he's just on a tear. So yeah. I don't even know. That's why I'm not touching that one. <laughs> I don't touch Rust. But uh, I do touch Alex Kalorn. Ridiculously good season. A lot of people aren't really cluing into it. As yeah, we, told him kind of sh- we called him as a pickup uh, like a month ago. And he, crazy. Oh, he's right, now he's a, right now he's a must own. He's a must play. Um, must start. 18 goals, 19 assists, 37 points in 41 games with the Tampa Bay Lightning. On and that's 18 goals on only 93 shots. Also, the theme here: both guys I chose had 93 shots. I'm born in 1993. It all comes around, Brock. Full circle. Here we are. Anyways, Alex Gordon also a plus 11, so just bumping people up across the board in all stats. Three game-winning goals. Um, but we're just gonna break down his career numbers here for a second. Alex Gordon has never had more than 47 points across his seven full seasons in the NHL. It's what I like to call a fluke. Um, and this is someone who we've seen in the top six in Tampa over the years. So you can't say, oh, no, it's all his opportunity now. We have seen him play with Stan. He has had a full point. run on the full, first power play this yeah, year. Yeah, that, that, that is a huge difference. Um, but he's also shooting. But he's going on even strength like crazy. Yeah, and he's shooting a ridiculous 19% right now. That's 19% from Alex Kalorn where, it, again, it's not someone who is just has a wicked shot, is a phenomenal finisher. Um, he's one goal off of his career high. It's not... It's not an elite goal scorer. It's someone who 19%, this is clearly, um, this is showing all signs of regression. If he can yes. finish the year at 19%, holy shit, Alex Glorn, you're the man. Um, but for now, it's someone who I think a lot of people are looking at Tampa's offense. They're saying, you know, they're starting to pick up again. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought? Oh, they're, they're absolutely they're incredible. crushed Vancouver the they're other incredible. night. Destroyed their seven-game winning streak by crushing them 9-2, which is hilarious. Um He's on pace for 74 points right now, and that was with, as I mentioned, them already struggling early on. So if you can trade for anyone, 
any top forward for Alex Kalorn. I love the idea. Yes. Um, he is in a phenomenal situation, he, don't get me wrong. What I think Alex Kalorn is right now is, like, the most tremendous, like, trade sweetener. Oh, yeah. Because, like, you won't, like, care that much to lose him because you have nothing invested in him. He was picked up off the waiver wire. That's a huge and you And you've gotten everything you can out of him. And if you're trying to make a trade and you just need a little bit more to push you over the edge to absolutely get that deal, Kalorn is the, the greatest trade sweetener, sweetener right now. Right now. Because he's getting to the point where people Two almost... players. There's only two players in the NHL that have more goals than Alex Kalorn since December 1st. It's ridiculous. Do you know who they are? One would be Pasternak, obviously. He's got more goals than Pasternak wow. since December 1st. One more goal. Austin Matthews is leading the NHL with Should've 15 since uh, December 1st. And Mark Shifley with 13. And then he's tied with Kyle Connor, Artemi Panarin, Noel Achari. <laughs> Ridiculous. Noel Achari, someone who I also didn't want to touch. He's I, only 26% owned. People are just like, I don't, like, it's never well, going to continue. It has, like, but. He's getting 12 minutes of ice a game, and he's yeah. just, I don't even get it. He's We're shooting 36.4% uh, since okay. the start of December. But it's crazy. Yeah, Kalorn's the ultimate sweetener right now. He really yeah. is. Like, I mean, all these other guys. I think another guy that you could include in that conversation is Anthony Duclair. Yep. Um uh, we've been all over Anthony Duclair all year. Uh, I hope that a lot of you guys added him and kept him. Uh, but he's also still a, a sell high. Uh, the one real uh, issue with any Senators player is on home ice, they're fucking great. They score like crazy. And then they go on the road, and, and the they're like, not even they're the worst. Yeah. They're just the worst. Um, but it, you'd think like, it's not even like they have a huge fan base going no, crazy it's just, over there. I, they, they talked to DJ Smith about it. And he's just like with such a young team. I think there's just kind of like this comfortability factor um, of them playing at home. You know, getting a good night's sleep in your own bed or whatever. Just like you said for your game, it makes a difference. And, I get uh, it, he, man. He's just like I don't Same know what level. I don't know what it is. He's like I think they're just more comfortable here on home ice. But uh, Alex Kalorn, um, obviously a guy that we've talked about a lot this year. A guy that we we liked as an addition. Uh, we obviously like anybody on that top power play unit. But just the ultimate sweet and low right now uh, uh, for any trade. Uh, a guy that I'm trading as well, I think you talked about him a couple weeks ago in kind of a similar vein, uh, is David Perron. Perron is yeah. in a very similar yeah. situation as uh, William Nylander, who I just mentioned. Uh, he's played absolutely terrifically this season, but the numbers just aren't in his favor for this to continue in the second half. Uh, if you were to extrapolate his shot volume from his first 45 games over the next 37 games, he'll shoot just 88 more times this year, and that should lead to about 11 goals, which is fine. That will give him his first career 30-goal season. Ooh. Good for you, David Perron. But I think you could trade him for a player mm, like, let's say, a Philip Forsberg. Uh, who is underachieved this year. People oh, are getting tired of, of, uh, of Philip Forsberg uh, a bit. But Forsberg's shelf volume is a lot more impressive and should lead to about 15 or 16 more goals uh, over the remainder of the year, getting him to also 30 goals. And that should contribute a similar number of assists. So uh, if you look at it right now, if you put those two players side by side, uh, a couple more assists for, for uh, Perron, a lot more goals. But if you extrapolate their numbers over the rest of the year uh i like forsberg a lot more and i think that that is a, almost a perfect one-for-one swap if you can find an owner that is getting tired with uh with forsberg and you know what braun's the guy that won me two g's on, on DraftKings, so i'll always have a soft spot yeah. in my heart for him but uh and those weird white skates yeah but uh i just i don't know i just there's just too many red flags here his honest shooting percentage is insane um and the one thing that's really crazy about them is that they like, he plays with O'Reilly, and they play, like, a shutdown role. But they both have great numbers. Yeah. Like, they've done just such a terrific job all year, uh, even though they're going up against the other team's best. And 
that team is just without Tarasenko, man, just still winning games, still staying afloat. Like they're just they're literally, I think, since the start of November, they're they're first in the NHL. Yeah, and they have had no Tarasenko for like eighty five percent of that. They casually just plug him back in. It's and, incredible. Uh, and then yeah, he's gonna come back. They're gonna make the playoffs. He's gonna be like, oh, I'm back. Going another tear. It's crazy. But uh, David Perron, I think a guy Philip Forsberg. I wish they could have got a couple more names for you to maybe offer him up. But Phil Philip Forsberg is one of those guys I've seen on the daily faceoff boards just getting thrashed. Like I fucking hate old Philip Forsberg and whatever. So I think he's a guy that makes uh, absolute sense right there. <laughs> That was my best uh, that was daily face-off board impression. That's, that's why I'm mad when they sound as well. Um, <laughs> but uh, you want to cut some bait with some of these guys? Or I what? would love to cut bait because these right, are the people that it. I sit there and make that same sound you just made. I, I can hate these guys. I hate these guys. <laughs> Who are you cutting bait with? Um, these are the people that I am just ready to snip. I'm starting at someone who... Um, it's a tough one for me. At 67% owned. It's Matt Dumba out in Minnesota. I could not. The guy I literally still. said was going to lead the NHL D men in goals this year. And it's completely. It was a completely legit assumption. Um, a lot of people had high hopes. Brock. Um, it was not assumption. It was a hot take. It was. A, it wasn't. A, it wasn't like a bad by any means. Like I. I supported it. Um, especially after last year's torrid start that he had. 12 goals in 32 games before he got hurt. Um, had people like Brock, as we mentioned, uh, believing that he was a top-end goal. He is. He still. Uh, should still be. So he, he shoots enough, too. That's yeah. what kind of scares me about even mentioning Dumba's name. But nonetheless, at 67, he is way too owned. And what it is is I think a lot of people are depending on him being their D-man one this year. He is not. Um, Dumba has over 100 shots right now on net, which is phenomenal. But at, with only three goals, 10 105. assists. 105. I know. Good, good for you, Matt. Um, but he's completely lost his spot on that power play one to Brad Hunt, which is yeah, just they've been weird with their power plays. Weird. It's always just like it's like a forward line and like a D pair. It was yeah, Brad Hunt, Hunt and uh, Dumba together on PP two. They they're like Montreal. They don't really have right a PP one. They just kind of have like two PP twos, which doesn't bode well when it's not going no. well for you, like it is for. Like Dumba. you would like to see Dumba out there for the whole two minutes, yeah, just ripping bombs. Exactly, the whole time. What that's what want. I'd be doing if I was coaching that team. And that's not what's happening whatsoever. Um, you got Ryan Suter ripping bombs instead. Yep. You don't love. If you're in a very, very, very deep league and somebody were to drop this guy, I would absolutely say pick him up. Um, but if you're in one of those eight to ten team leagues, this is time to cut bait with Dumba, mm -hmm. in my opinion. There's a lot of guys out there who can get you the production that he's getting, who have a lot better looks. Um, unfortunately, for for a lot of us, um, that, that like we like we said, we thought he'd have a huge year, and Dumba's not necessarily bringing it. Um, it's a guy who I could, but unfortunately, he could also totally burn me for the rest of the no, year I, I, well i mean you, you got a full half of a year of sample size that's what it is it's just the one thing obviously the 2.9 on a shooting or sorry 2.9 shooting percentage it's ridiculous so low, low. Yeah. on pace for 196 shots i mean if you yeah. thing is if too, he would have shot 7.8 percent like he has throughout his career he would have scored 15 goals yeah. but it's just not, nothing seems to be clicking i think that um honestly uh he could have fit in easily with our our last category as well i think he's a an obvious buy low candidate yep. uh you can get him for next to nothing right now um and but then again some cases he's gonna get dropped yeah and you're gonna i think too to is up. it's uh with him not necessarily always touching that pp1 it's not like the minnesota lineup is that stacked for you to hold on to him i think that there's other guys yeah, on the better like lineup i think they're 25th in the nhl yeah. in power play so it's not like he's just gonna get those free points here and there um take a chance on a guy who might turn out to be tony d yeah um you know or grab Tony D because <laughs> Matt Dumba is more owned than Tony D. 
He is uh, second on the team in power play per, per game, but uh, still only. But that was heavy off the bat. I think two forty nine per game late. though, and it's really just not like. Yeah. It's just not like that much. Like you see other guys playing like four minutes a night yeah. on the power play because they just rely on them. I mean, you got Suter ahead of them, um, and then yeah, like Brad Hunt still sees over two minutes per game. Uh, it's just, or uh, and Jared Spurgeon over two twenty a game on the power play. So they just, it's so evenly distributed that it just doesn't like. I don't know. It's stupid to me. Like, you want to score goals on the power play, put the guy with the best yeah. one team in the league out there and let him just rip bombs the entire time. Yeah. Instead, we got a lot of people who are pissed off, and as they should be. Did um, you say he was 64% owned? 67% yeah. owned. Well, my guy, also defenseman, 64% owned, Charlie McAvoy. Oh. Uh, personally, I thought everyone was way too high on McAvoy coming into the season. If you look at where I had him ranked and where every other website on Fantasy Earth uh, had him ranked. Uh, everybody had him way higher than me, and I was right. Um, you know, you gotta, I gotta take him where I get him because it's been a tough year for me. Uh, <laughs> I think he's a terrific player, uh, but doesn't really contribute much offensively, at least not yet. Uh, he has less goals than Pekka Rene now. Ridiculous. Um, I can't believe that. I was so happy for Pekka. That was, that was incredible. So, I love. So cool. Though. I love when that happens. Uh, and just 57 shots, which is underwhelming considering the guy plays over 23 minutes per game. Uh, but when Tory Krug gets hurt. McAvoy doesn't move to power play one. Matt Grizzlick does. So there's not a lot of room Classic. for second half improvement. It's not like, oh, he's one Tory Krug injury away from being great. He's not because he already plays the most among any defenseman on that team next to Chara. Um, and he's not going to be on power play one even if Krug breaks his leg tomorrow. So uh, other than a few bounces and a couple of goals, there's not a lot to like here in the second half. Even the assist total is tied for 46th amongst defensemen in the NHL this year. There's just no appeal here. Like, I have no I, interest. I don't get it. I have, there's no interest in Charlie McAvoy for me. Um, so 64%, I'm cutting bait with Charlie McAvoy. Easy cut bait. Um, I would much rather cut bait with Charlie than I would with Matt Dumba, but I'm cutting them well, both. Well, yeah. Um, cut the next one, extremely easy, and I just had to make this point because someone dropped him in one of my leagues this week, and I was like, oh, this guy's having that bad a year, but at 37% owned in all Yahoo leagues, Ryan Johansson out in Nashville. Just can't score goals. Well, no wonder he can't score goals. He's 43 games played. Brock, how many shots do you think he has on that? 53. 64. So just over 1.3 shots a game. If you're getting 1.3 shots a game, I absolutely hate your production. And that's how you produce nine goals and 17 assists through 44 games. Um, Ryan Johansson right now is just awful. They won the other night 5-2. He got no no points. They win 4-1, zero points. Lose 5-4, zero points. He's in a slump, and uh, it's someone who I just – if you're still holding on that that faith, it's a lot of people have caught on, but he, I just the shot production isn't there. Yeah, nothing seems to be there. Another thing about him too is he's never necessarily been the star that it seems like a lot of people wanted him to be in, in fantasy. That um, was the greatest trade that Columbus could have ever made. Like Seth Jones for this guy straight up. Absolutely, oh my God. yeah. His his biggest career year in Nashville is 64 points. 71. He had 71 in 2015. Um, that was in Columbus. Sorry. I said in Sorry. Nashville. Oh, in Nashville, well, my in Nashville. Bad. My bad. Yeah, yep. because it's a different breed when you're playing in Nashville. As we've seen, they don't score as many goals, and it's just never been a thing to have a 100-point guy in Nashville. Too. That, too. But, yeah, 64 points last year was his high, and that's off of 14 goals, 50 assists. We talked we'd rather have goals than assists. Mm-hmm. I don't love having this guy on my roster whatsoever, especially with that production. Um, I'd rather have someone who have puts a lot of assists right now. Yeah, I'd rather have someone who puts up 55 points but scores a 30 and 25 than his 64. Um 
again, 26 points, 64 shots. Yeah, it's so 43. Bad. That's 122 shot pace. Snip, snip, snip. If you're sitting there, you're like, no, it's Ryan Johansson. He's going to turn around. No, 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 no. Cut no, no. Stop, stop. Cut, cut him. Don't even try to include him in the trade because nobody's going to want him. No. Just cut him. The one thing that's crazy, too, is that he's seen a, a pretty Strict significant uh, dip him. in ice time as well since Matthew Shane uh, has arrived. Also, Kyle Turris, Nick Reno, they're deep at center. So he's uh, playing under 18 minutes per game this year after playing 19-33 last year. Absolute cut bait. I think I I think I, I drafted him with my last overall pick in a league this year uh, just because, like, I'm like, well, he could, put up like, he like he could put up, like, 15 goals and 60 assists this year. He's on, he's got 17 and 43 uh, in terms of assists. Not good at all. Yeah, no, you don't. I don't um, want that. I'm cutting bait with 71% own Joe Pavelski. Uh, the Stars are reluctant to give him a lot of playing time, uh, and it's obvious his numbers have been affected by that. He has just 82 shots. He's almost as bad as Ryan Johansson uh, in 44 games, and that's nowhere n- close to where you expected it to be. Remember, this guy had 38 goals last year. Um, that will give you 70 shots or maybe 8 or 9 goals in the second half of the season, uh, and his assist totals this year have been modest at best as well. Uh, the second line is fine. I mentioned it earlier when Biebs wasn't here. Uh, Giryanov hints they're solid, uh, but they're just they're not Segan and Ben. He's not playing there. Hasn't played there almost all year. Uh, there's just not a lot of signs that are going in Pavelski's favor. It's not going to get better for Pavelski. He's time. It's time to drop Pavelski um, because yeah. Like like I said, they play defensively. Uh, you know, it's almost a it's almost hard to trade for Tyler Segan because they play a little bit more defensively. But if it's hard to trade for Tyler Segan, then you should have, want absolutely no part of Joe Pavelski. And somehow, just the name value alone is keeping him at seventy one percent owned, which is kind of uh, mind blowing. Well, that end, it's just like the Phil Kessel factor. Almost like he's just always been top in the league in yeah. goals, and he's just been productive and steady but he sucks right now and <laughs> you don't want him no i'm also cutting bait with joe so yeah Let, let's move on finish the show up with our weekly segment the weekend streamers now i know we talked about this before we came on air. we both had to do a bit of a double take because yeah, we're going to talk ridiculous. about the exact same guys we talked about last week because it's the exact same teams playing on friday sunday um so keep in mind this includes tonight friday night uh and sunday here's our weekend streamers for the week arizona plays friday sunday um, Nick Schmaltz, 45% owned. Christian Dvorak, 21% owned. Connor Garland, 20 or 11% owned, sorry. Uh, we did see a nice bump on Dvorak and Garland. I'd like to think that that was uh, our doing, but um, both quality weekend DFO streamers. Bump. They are in... Um, they are in Carolina tonight, which is not a great matchup. Nope. Uh, but, you know, Peter Mrazek still gives up goals here and there. Uh, and then they've got the Penguins on Sunday. So, um, two not great matchups, but probably uh, the better, you know, the more widely available players. Uh, then Detroit also plays Friday, Sunday, uh, which they did last week as well. Yep. Tyler Bertuzzi, 47% owned. Still playing on the top line with Dylan Larkin. Widely available. The weekly plug of Philip Aronik, 27% owned. Loves to shoot the puck on the back end. Blocks a ton of shots if your league counts that. Top power play guy for the Red Wings. Uh, and they got two good matchups. I actually like the Red Wings as streaming options this weekend. They got the Senators on home ice tonight. The Senators blow on the road, like I mentioned. <laughs> then they got the Sabres on Sunday, who just 
are probably on, they're on a back to back, so they're probably starting Carter Hutton, who fucking blows. Yeah, so oh yeah. lot to like Guaranteed about the Red goals. Wings. Yeah, uh, then Robbie Fabry still only eight percent owned. He's on the top line with Larkin and Bertuzzi, so I like Fabry a ton. And Philip Sedina, guy's been shooting like four shots a game. He's on the top power play unit, just four percent owned. Lot to like about the Red Wings this weekend. I'm wearing a Red Wings sweater right now, even yeah, though they atrocious. are eleven and thirty on so the season. Ugly. Uh, and then Pittsburgh, the only other team that plays Friday, Sunday. Jared McCann still centering that second line while Crosby's out. Uh, who knows if Crosby comes back tonight. This might be moot. But McCann uh, skating with Patrick Hornquist, who's shooting like fucking crazy. Yep. His own percentage has gone a little too high for us to mention him here. But if he is available, Patrick Hornquist also a quality option. But Dom, uh, Dominic Cahoon, just 3% owned. He's playing with Evgeny Malkin so long as Crosby's out. Uh, he's been on an absolute heater, that top line of Cahoon. Um um, Malkin and Rust has been sensational as of late last couple games. Uh, so Cahoon just three percent should be available. I know I picked him up in one of my leagues, and they've got some pretty quality matchups uh, in Colorado tonight, which isn't great, but in Arizona on Sunday, um, you know, whatever they should be able to score some goals. They've been doing it all year. Uh, if we're looking at goaltenders, back-to-back goalies, this isn't so much as back-to-back, but I think Jonathan Bernier, as fucking crazy as it sounds for a team with 11 wins, I think Jonathan Bernier, not a bad addition. I know I added him tonight against the shitty road Senators. And then again, Carter Hutton on Sunday, I think that there's, and Bernier's just been great. Yeah. He really has he been He actually great. has been. He's been He's so been like good the one bright spot. And Zadina. He, uh, he, he won Rob. against the Habs the other night. The Wings have won a couple in a row. Two just garbage teams coming into Detroit this weekend. I like adding John Bernier with these two starts, especially if you're already down in save percentage and goals against. You just need a couple wins. Johnny could come in with two oh, yeah. this weekend. And that's a classic theme this year, it seems, for yeah. a lot of teams. Uh, just being absolutely crushed in the two categories. Gotta go with that win category a chance now. for that dub. Um, if you don't believe in the Red Wings, which I'm sure 98% of you don't, Carter Hutton is probably going to get the nod in Detroit on Sunday. If you're the most desperate owner of all time, he's been atrocious this year. But Carter Hutton could definitely win in Detroit on Sunday, no doubt about it. Uh, James Reimer, he gets a start probably in, against the Kings on Saturday. He went on an absolute heater and then went right back to being James Reimer. Yep. Um, so he's been shit. Saturday's going to be busy, so it's not the best time in to pull a spot start, but if you need the help in net, Reimer, if you're desperate, on Saturday. Craig Anderson will probably get the Senators on Saturday uh, after Hogberg goes tonight in Detroit. Uh, the Canadians have been just putrid lately. I think they've lost eight in a row. Yeah, their they second lost, time they've done it this year. Yeah, yeah, eight in a row. So Anderson has some appeal, but again, um, that's on home ice. So Senators on home ice have been pretty good and uh, on the road, absolutely shithole. Uh, Curtis McElhaney in New Jersey on Sunday. Absolutely love this one. The fucking Lightning are gods. He's probably the best back-to-back option of the weekend. The Lightning are on absolute fucking fire. Yep. The Devils still suck ass. So I like Curtis McElhaney on Sunday. And then the last one, Thatcher Demko. Um, he'll probably get one start this weekend, whether it's Saturday in Buffalo or Sunday in Minnesota. I think that he struggled in Florida on Thursday, so it'll probably be Markstrom uh, Saturday, Demko Sunday. Uh, the Wild have surprised some people, uh, but still Demko's a half-decent option if you're desperate on Sunday uh, evening. Yeah, it's a but, big option. Yeah, I mean, a lot of, yeah. I think Johnny Burns is going... I hope next week we get new teams that have the perfect back-to-back. Um, but Brock, I'm not completely sure. Is Ottawa good on the road or not? No, they're they're so bad oh, on the okay. road. Oh, yeah. I think they've lost 10 of their last 11 on the road. Like 10 of 11. Like the Red Wings haven't even done that. Actually, I think they lost like 11 in a row. Uh, the, the Jets play Friday, Sunday next week, so that's new. The Penguins again, though. Yep. We'll be back to mentioning Dominic. And the Hurricanes. So only three teams next week, too. But different teams. We get to talk about different weekend streamers. Ooh. But... 
That was Season 5, Episode 20 of the Daily Face-Up Podcast. I hope you weren't too annoyed by my voice alone in the first half. Biebs, thank you so much for joining me in the second half and saving all of our listeners' yeah. ears. Rolled in with a huge bellyache. So, and, uh, uh, oh, that's a bit no, off. Yeah, no, that's I've no been, good. Been running around this whole podcast just sneaking off on Brock. Jesus, and, uh, yeah, I know. I, I was talking about Joe Pavelski for so long, yeah. waiting for you to return. I'm like, how much more can I talk about Joe? Uh, but okay. Just to give you guys a quick heads up before we go, uh, next week we're going to have a regularly scheduled show. Are we um, ever? And then the weekend after is the All-Star break, so we'll probably do a bit of a fun show like we always do. We do our um, our fantasy draft. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to try to put win. together some type of contest so our listeners can compete. We'll do a fantasy uh, box contest and yeah. try to get something going on for the for the all-star game because like it's the only way to make the all-star game who was the so. one guy the one year who would always take us on and everything and he would just kick our ass i don't know his he had mario lemieux or some penguins guy in yeah. his picture he we always miss you beer beersy be, yeah. or beer was b i don't know ah. something like that but anyways i hope you guys enjoyed season five episode 20 we will see you guys back here next week yeah we will miss you beersby whatever and for was. dylan d birthday peace Telling them that you need a man in who you can defend. Will I be the gasoline to keep you alive? And I'll be the cause so unbreakable we burn together straight through the night. That's alright, baby. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.